0: Al Jazeera Podcast. Israel says it recognizes Morocco's sovereignty over Western Sahara. It's an area also claimed by the armed group, the Polisario Front. What does this move mean for the long running conflict in the region? And what will Israel get in return? I'm Sahil Rahman, and you're listening to the Inside Story Podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. So let's bring in our guests for this edition of Inside Story. In Rabat is Abdelmaleh Kalawi, the president of the Moroccan Institute of Strategic Intelligence. as a think tank. In London is Yossi Meckelberg, associate fellow with the Middle East and North Africa programme at Chatham House. And in Brussels is Mahjou Maléha, Advocacy head of the collective of Sahrawi human rights defenders, a non-profit organisation. Gentlemen, welcome to Inside Story. Can I just begin with you, Mr. Alawi, in Morocco? Why has Israel, do you think, decided on this position to recognise Western Sahara right now?
1: Hello, Sir. So, uh, thanks for uh, having me. I think this is a logical continuum of the resuming of diplomatic relationship between Morocco and Israel in 2020. And we have to say that Morocco has a specificity. It's the only Arab country that has around 600,000 Moroccan Jews living in Israel, many of which a lot of them were waiting for this decision, because some of them come from the Sahara, very naturally. So this is a logical decision that is dictated by geopolitics and the new dynamic in the bilateral
0: Okay, let me uh, cross over to Yossi Meckelberg in London. I mean, uh, Israel and and certainly Tel Aviv has had nearly, what, three years uh, since it signed formally um, within the Abraham Accords recognition of each other. I mean, what was Israel waiting for?
2: Well, I think Israel wanted to see what the rest of the international community is doing. Obviously, back then, the United States recognized the, the. West Sahara as, as, as part of, of, of Morocco, but in many cases Israel is, is, is trying to delay things that might be a bit less comfortable Bear in mind only 28 countries uh, so far recognized uh, the Western Sahara as, as, as belong to, to Morocco. But I think, you know, Israel is a state of flux. It's easier to actually to get something out of, of the government that is, is, is desperate for some achievements. It didn't, came, it didn't come sorry, completely free for Morocco because it's the, 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 what comes with it is an upgrade of the diplomatic relations, upgrading the diplomatic mission there into a, an embassy. So there is some give and, and take there, and it's in a point that Israel needs also some, some diplomatic achievements.
0: Indeed, and we'll be looking at the military uh, connection then a little bit later in the conversation. Let's cross over to uh, Majum Maleha. You've heard what uh, both uh, Abdul Malik and Yossi had to say. I mean, the the move itself by Israel could be viewed as antagonistic uh, by both the Polisario Front and Algeria. I mean, uh, it's the main supporter for autonomy uh, of the region. What sort of reaction do you think can we expect from the Polisario Front Uh, and in the hours ahead from Algeria. Well, I think the
3: Polisario reaction was already uh, made public through a statement. But I think we need to to highlight here that a recognition uh, from 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 Israel, which is also an occupying state for occupied uh, Palestine, um, a recognition from from an occupier to to Morocco for its illegal occupation in Western Sahara. Uh, there is absolutely nothing to celebrate in here. Um, uh, 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 to be so desperate to 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 legitimate an illegal presence that has been proven throughout the process of decolonization and the process within the United Nations and all the resolutions that has been confirming over and over again that, that the right of Sahara to self-determination of the Saharawi people is an obligation, an obligatory. Uh, way or path toward the decolonization of, of the question of Western Sahara, as as well as, as confirmed by, by consequence—consecutive uh, uh, rulings from the European Court of Justice. That, that has been actually confirmed that Morocco has no sovereignty over Western Sahara. Nor it can obtain the administering power status, as it remains with Spain and remains untransferable under under international law. Uh, uh, this recognition came exactly in the same day that that European fleet uh, 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 left the Western, the Western Sahara waters after. Uh, the, the fisheries partnership agreement protocol came to an end with no with no insight for its its uh, its extension, so it is it is a cover up for that and and, and we don't see it really as as a victory for Morocco especially when, when it is against the will of the majority of the Moroccan people who, okay. who could remain remain supportive to the Madhub, policy I, of course.
0: I want to just jump in there, because we, we've obviously got your sort of sense. We want to try and, you know, get get debate across uh, our, the three of you, the three of our guests here on Inside Story. Abdul Malik, can I come back to you in Rabat? I mean, obviously, you know, the various points of view about how the situation is unfolding and how uh, various groups and governments are going to react to this. Uh, For decades, though, we've seen... seen, Sorry, the question actually is coming. For decades, though, we've tended to see confrontation in the area, not outright violence uh, or uh, overt fighting, as we've perhaps seen in in Sudan in recent weeks and months, but described as uh, a low-level intensity. I mean, do you think that this low-level confrontation will be heightened, tensions will be uh, heightened? We, We are in danger of a conflict in any shape or form?
1: Well, the view from Rabat is that it is very much improbable that we will have an escalation. But if we build on that, we have to understand history and we have to understand facts. As much as I'm interested in conspiracy theories that are dropped by uh, uh, Algerian diplomacy, we have to stay to state very simple facts. There is a big paradox in the world today. The whole international community is screaming and shouting about separatism in Ukraine, but yet some part of this international community, uh, is not that enthusiastic about recognizing the legitimate rights of Morocco over the sovereignty of Sahara. In Morocco, we are peace brokers. We are agents of union. And if we are to draw completely the parallel, it's very symptomatic that uh, the Polisario Front, which is a guerrilla movement that accounts for 6 or 7 percent of the total Sahrawi population, that is weaponized by the Algerian regime, which is uh, having a rivalry with Morocco, is very much so like the Wagner Group in Russia. It's uh, a militia, a paramilitary system that is used by an antagonistic country to use their internal problems and to diffuse their internal problems. So I don't think there will be
0: escalation. Sure, that's fine. There might not be escalation, but certainly on the political front, if we just go back to August 2022, Rabat recalled back the Tunisian ambassador from Algiers when there was an investment conference being hosted by Algiers, and they invited uh, the head of the Polisario front, Mm. Brahim Ghali. I mean, you say you're peace brokers, but again, you are also very sensitive to the regional movements of the Polisario front and, and who they meet and who they don't.
1: Absolutely. But let's take a look at a very iconic image, and I'm I'm happy that I'm speaking about this on Al Jazeera. The only Arab country that was able to have crowds cheer for its national team in Palestine and in Israel is Morocco. And we have a specificity, is that we recognize our Jewish heritage, and we recognize our Berber heritage by the Constitution, which is very different from what Algeria is doing, which is backing a military movement. And not, not recognizing the rights of the Berber population in Algeria, so we are peace brokers, but we do not accept that countries that are our allies, that are in the same regional space, are meddling with uh, within our internal uh, aspects and internal affairs. And there is common ground now, and growing support for the Moroccan proposition of uh, large autonomy, which is a form of self-determination. It has been backed by the United States, as you said, but it is backed now by Spain. It is backed by Germany, this is the sense of history. We cannot have a double standard, a standard for Ukraine, and not have the same standard for Moroccans.
0: Okay, let's go to Yossi Meckelberg in London, because obviously, you know, Morocco is hedging its bets by getting closer to Israel. So, and this. uh, confirmation by Tel Aviv over at Western Sahara certainly uh, helps that argument on the international front. Um, does it help with the traction further afield? I mean, is it a fair assessment that by, you might see, aligning your your posts next to, to Tel Aviv, you know, it will get more um, support on the international front? Is that how you would perhaps analyse the politique right now?
2: Let me just say something before that, because it's interesting. We see it's something which there is, undermines the ability to end conflicts in the international arena. We see this kind of conflicts happen in different places. You know, whether in the Sahel, you know, the case of of Western Sahara, in Ukraine, in other places. That, that conflicts have, you know, fester for a long time until they come head on and they continue and they create tension not only, for instance, what happened between Polisario and Morocco, but also with, with Algeria. So the entire region is dragged into this because there are no mechanisms in order to resolve it, which brings me to your question. Yes, you, when you are in this situation, everyone is looking for allies. So whether it's the Polisario with Algeria, Morocco with the, the United States, and, 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 and Israel. And, and again, we need to look at the history of the relations between Israel and Morocco, even with our diplomatic relations. Uh, Morocco, for instance, helped to, to initiate the peace negotiation with Egypt back in the 1970s. Uh, visits, unofficial one, even secret negotiation diplomatic engagement between Morocco and Israel are going on for for very long time what happened with the abraham accord specifically with morocco is basically formalizing relations that exist even then there were reports about a help by israel with uh, with the military efforts in, in in the western sahara so in this sense it's similar to also what happened with the U.E. in the sense that there is what happened with the Abraham Accord is formalising, making this, you know, legitimising and normalising yeah. relations that to a certain extent before, and then build on this relationship.
0: OK, well, then let me ask um, majoubi in Brussels. I mean, if, you know, Morocco is getting closer, obviously, to Israel and vice versa, they're not the only Islamic Muslim... Uh, country, dare I say, Arabic country as well. We've got Egypt, uh, as mentioned, Jordan, UAE, Bahrain, even Turkey. They all have diplomatic relations uh, with Tel Aviv at at different levels. Uh, Do you think the Polisario Front uh, and its supporters and the countries that do acknowledge it, at the moment only Algeria, are are on the side of a losing battle here, trying to get sort of the the positive politique sorted?
3: Well, well, I don't, I don't see it that way, uh, to to be honest. When we look at other countries who have normalized ties with Israel, that has been uh, in 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 most cases based on on their proper analysis and what's what's best for their agendas and and their people. When it comes to to Morocco, it was a pure a pure uh, bargaining operation, a trade in the black market trade in Western Sahara for Palestine. And here, uh, uh, referring to Algeria and the Polisario, uh, they are in a very, very comfortable position because they have been consistent in their position toward all all causes, from Muslim Sahara to Palestine, from East Timor, Belize, and so on. But, but, but Morocco here is 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 facing serious questions that that require uh, clarifications toward their own people and to the international community. What happens to? to Al-Quds Committee that, that Morocco uh, preside? Um, what, what, what are the prices given or against what uh, 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 this recognition came when it comes to, to the Palestinians and their right? Would they, would they uh, uh, recognize uh, Jerusalem or Al-Quds as eternal uh, capital of Israel? Uh, we have seen the military attache coming to Rabat and, 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 and the accelerated integration between both regimes. Basically, give us the the intention that Morocco is handing over the, its its own national security to Israel. Okay. But, but but would that would that contribute? I don't think any uh, that this has any impact, and the impact lays basically in what the Polisario Front is awaiting and the Sahrawi people is awaiting uh, within this year from the European Court of Justice, and this will be a ruling historical that will will confirm again, once again, the legality of Western Sahara and the illegality of Moroccan presence in, in the occupied territories of Western Sahara. But to, to provoke the neighbors by involving other part, parties would not be the right path to take, especially when, when we compare or when we look at the, the geopolitics right now. Comparing this with Ukraine, I think, I think the international community, especially the West, would, would face a serious problem with its controversiality and inconsistency. In- and, and, and foreign policies. When we okay. are against the uh, Ukraine, we cannot be supporting to jump in Western Sahara.
0: I'm just going to jump in there um, because the I, I don't want to get us too bogged down in the Ukraine issue, which I also appreciate uh, there are similarities or could be uh, in the future. I really want to keep it to, to what's going on now. Uh, Abdul Malik uh, Alawi, I mean, does becoming closer uh, to Israel distance Morocco uh, from sort of the larger Islamic world? There's a great deal of tension between. Israel and other Muslim countries that are very supportive of the Palestinian cause and the right to statehood. We can't ignore it. It's happening on a daily basis. Janine was a classic example of what we've seen over the last few weeks, which has shocked uh, millions who've seen those pictures. What is Morocco's strategy in dealing with Tel Aviv when it comes to the Palestinians? You can't ignore the issue because you're closely involved in the Arab League and also uh, in the Organization of Islamic States.
1: I don't think that Morocco is ignoring at all the issue and the position of Morocco under the leadership of His Majesty the King has been crystal clear from day one. In Morocco, we believe in a two-state solution, and His Majesty the King is the chairman of Al-Quds Committee. So every single Moroccan and taxpayer Moroccan is giving part of his revenue— to the Al-Quds Committee in order to rebuild the ancient quarters of Jerusalem. So, this is something that is at the heart of the conversation in Morocco. But we do believe that you cannot make peace and you cannot have a conversation with someone you don't speak to. It needs two to tango. It's a very personal thing for all Moroccans. We're very much attached to the Palestinian cause, and the Moroccan government was very clear in condemning some of the attacks by uh, the Israelis on the Palestinians. But we are, as I said also, in a tradition of peace brokerage by Morocco. It was the leadership of His Majesty the King who uh, enabled the reopening of a very important gate between Jordan and uh, and Israel. So we do believe that diplomacy works. And, you know, as it is for Palestinians, it's very important for Moroccans. Sahara is very important for Moroccans. If I take a personal example, I come from a Sahrawi family, and I'm as Moroccan as Minty. So, we have to stop opposing the fact that we can have diplomatic relationship with Israel and ask them the tough questions, and ask them the tough questions about Palestine. And at the same time, we can support the Palestinian people. This is the Moroccan position a position okay. of balance and a position of moderation.
0: We've certainly got that cleared up. Yossi Mecklenburg, can I come to you uh, in London? Because the one thing that is uh, very evident in Israeli politics right now is that uh, democracy can easily head back to the polls if the public are not happy. And we've seen election after election, certainly four over the last few years. Do you find it interesting that Morocco and its leadership has decided to cultivate a relationship with the military more so than, you might say, the politicians. It's been an easier conversation to have. Hence, we've seen these arms sales, which I'll talk about, in a little while, and this military attaché, who happens to be of Moroccan descent uh, and a Jew from Haifa. Uh, How do you assess that connection uh, and, and the strategy that Rabat has with Tel Aviv when it comes to, you might say, arms sales?
2: I think some people still don't recognize the depth of the Constitutional crisis in Israel that it's the deepest since the establishment of the country in 1948 and And there is there is an effort there which I think is artificial in in differentiating Yes, the diplomatic relation, the Palestinian issue, uh, military relations with with Israel. Yes, Israel is a major uh, supplier of weapons, and which you know many countries would like to to purchase, especially when they are in a state of of, of conflict. But at the same time, not recognizing or turning a blind eye, but they, by that by purchasing these weapons, they they supporting a country that is occupying. Uh, millions of people and depriving them of basic human rights, and I think it goes back to what the previous uh, uh, speaker said. Yes, Morocco says certain thing about the Palestinian issue, but all the countries that signed the agreement uh, with Israel, on the one hand, yes, we would like to see more cooperation and diplomatic relation normalization, but without ignoring the Palestinian issue, a because it's morally wrong and B, because it's going actually to harm their, their own interests. And there is a, the, mm. the issue of that when it comes to, to the supply of, of arms and the arms trade, that people are ready to, to, ready to turn a blind eye, what does it mean, what are the implications for others, as long as okay. A, one makes a lot of money out of it and the other is getting the kind of weapons that they would like to purchase.
0: Yeah, let's just give our viewers a little bit of context about this, because a major element uh, of the warming ties between Morocco and Israel has been the arms sales. The deals are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and give Morocco access to high-tech weaponry. This includes the Makava Tank, an advanced piece of hardware that Israel has never sold to another country before. Also, Israel has sold a range of military drones that can be used for surveillance and precision attacks. Now, these could prove useful in fighting armed groups in Western Sahara, like the Palisario Front. Uh, Yossi, let me just come back to you very quickly, because obviously, you know, we talked about this military defence attaché, the upgrading of relations between Tel Aviv and Rabat. Uh, Colonel Sharon Itash, he's uh, uh, from the Home Front Command. He's of Moroccan Uh, origin uh, and is attached to the home front command in Haifa district. It's a masterstroke, isn't it, to actually have an Israeli of Moroccan descent attached to uh, Morocco. It brings those ties together, doesn't it, Very, very easily?
2: Yeah, and he's not the only one to serve in, in, in the diplomatic service and in Morocco with, with roots in, in Morocco. And this is, obviously, this, this, is, this is a beautiful thing to see, the re-establishment of relations between hundreds of thousands of Israel that were born in Morocco or descendants of people from, from Morocco and, 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 and Morocco. This is something that I think many people would like to see. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it sends all the right uh, signals to both countries, but, again, as long as they're looking also at other issues without ignoring that there is, there is the issue of occupation, there is the issue mm. of, 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 of the Palestinian issue.
0: Uh, Majum Maleh, let's uh, bring you back in from Brussels. I mean, how worried do you think, uh, on the much wider level, uh, looking at this story, you know, regionally, uh, is Algeria going to be, in your opinion, with Israeli munitions on the border?
3: No, I think the Algerians have been very clear on that point, uh, considering it as as a direct and clear provocation uh, from from the Moroccan side. for, for, for would that, would, that, would that basically contribute to the peace and stability in the region. Um, I don't think so. Uh, from the other side uh, talking about about the current the current Israeli regime, basically, it's a far, Right, extreme racist regime in 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 power in Israel, who is who is recognizing the the so-called sovereignty over Western Sahara and trying to extend uh, or to extend its tie with with the Moroccan regime. Uh, this is this is absolutely not not something to be proud of. Uh, let's let's be clear on that. On the other hand, for for the Sahrawis or for the Sahrawi people, it is it is to be to be mentioned. Uh, that that their faith is in in, in, in the legality and noble uh, and and its noble in its noble cause and of course believing in in the international law and and the, the fundamental rights that have been set by by the United Nations Charter. This cannot okay. be this cannot be deviated no matter no matter no matter who recognize. Uh, uh, an occupation or try to re- to give it a sort of legitimacy but let us not ignore I... the impact it's uh, on, on Morocco itself on the Moroccan people and, and, and its stability inside Morocco itself well, would would be that that uh, me... a, a threat to to the to the stability in Morocco itself rather than than, than being a threat to the neighboring countries.
0: Well, let me go back to Rabat. We're coming to the end of the uh, programme, Malik Alawi, very quickly. Are we actually heading towards a sort of a North African Cold War? where we've sort of got Morocco, US, Israel on one side. On the other side, we've got Algeria cozying up, obviously, to to Russia and Iran. These are concerns at the moment that strategists are looking at as to seeing whether this region could be another hotspot.
1: Well, I think we're witnessing a global reconfiguration of alliances. And Morocco is uh, with a new doctrine of multipolarity. We're building alliances with a lot of new allies. uh, And when it comes to defense, we're not simply buying uh, arms, we're building a national industry of defense with a lot of partners, not only Mm -hmm. Israel, but other countries as well. And the second thing is that. I don't know why nobody raises the question about Algeria. Algeria is buying weapons from Russia, and has been for decades, and nobody is talking about it. And it's the most armed country in the zone. When it comes to Morocco, I mean, we just stick to facts. It's the stablest country when it comes to institutions and when it comes to macroeconomics, and the most vivid and important industrial hub in the region. So I would say. Maybe there is a Cold War, but there is one country on the rise, which is Morocco, and there is a country that is depending on extractive industries and oil, which is Algeria. We'll see uh, which country is making the winning bet for its people and for the stability of its country.
0: There, sadly, we will have to leave it. I'm sure we'll continue to follow this story very closely on Inside Story. Uh, for the moment, thank you to all of our guests, Abdul-Malek Josie Yossi Meckelberg, and Mahjou Maleha. This episode was produced by Mohamed Alaishi, Fintan Monaghan, Abla Kala and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Ali Alani. The programme was edited by Andre Ustessin, Khalid Sultan and Joe DeFries. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thank you for listening. Tune in on Thursday for our next episode. This week on The Take, the possible consequences of a U.S. Supreme Court decision to stop consideration of race in university admissions. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Get it wherever you get your podcasts.